and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Let's face it, if it were easy, then we would already be doing it. So many of us have big dreams and big goals, yet we stop ourselves right before we see progress. This is called self-sabotage, my friends, and we often don't even know that we're doing it. This is exactly why I created the What's Preventing Your Dream Life six-question quiz. If you're struggling with who am I meant to be or how do I get there, then this five-minute quiz will bring you clarity and help change your outlook on life regardless of the circumstances. I designed this quiz with you in mind so that you could quickly assess where you are currently and gain the exact tool for your personal breakthrough. Take the first step to your dream life now with this free tool. Visit denisewalsh.com slash quiz. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. In this next interview, I'm interviewing a fitness and lifestyle coach, author, writer, and a self-love advocate who empowers women to become their best selves through the practice of creating a positive mindset, a healthy body, and a soul filled with self-love, self-acceptance, gratitude, and forgiveness. Can you tell we will already be friends? Yeah. (laughs) For many years, you guys, she struggled with body dysmorphia to eating disorders, to self-esteem issues, to accepting the value of self-worth. And she sought after perfection only to find that she was chasing an illusion. Honestly, perfection was what she saw in magazines or on social media. And it led her down a dark path of self-destruction And living in extremes, never fully satisfied, always looking to the next thing and feeling like her current was never good enough. In a desperate attempt to seek perfection, she thought that by doing a bodybuilding competition, she could reach it and that she finally would be enough. And so she entered a bikini competition in spring of 2012. And throughout her training, she lost weight body fat, built muscle, but her mindset never changed. Ah, The whole process was exhausting and stressful. And at the end of the day, she was left broken with a crushed spirit and a back injury that led her down a whole nother couple years of despair. So, oh my gosh, this next guest has overcome the challenges of physical pain, of mind pain, of negative self-views, and has absolutely transformed her life. And now she's on a mission to help anyone and everyone experiencing similar struggles transform theirs too. So big Dreamcast, welcome to Rachel Brooks. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know that's a, it's a big story and I just try to condense it all into as much as possible because we never know somebody's story and there's always a story behind the backstories and even that there's more story, but it's just great to just really connect with the past and, and see where the transformation has come along the way. And so going back into how I even got into where I'm at now. So as you mentioned just the quest for perfection. And I think that many women could kind of relate to that at some point in their life, whether it was the aesthetics or just trying to perfect with your work or home life or whatever it may be. And on that quest of perfection, it just becomes so exhausting. We just realize it doesn't even exist. And that was something that I wish that I probably should have and could have learned well before. 
how long were you in this mode of not feeling good enough and chasing this illusion? Oh, gosh, in my younger years, uh, even into my late teens, early adulthood, it was just something that was kind of impressed upon by myself, because as a young child, I, I and I, I, these are terms that I learned later on, where I didn't understand how I felt different. I, I felt that I looked different. I was short. I grew up in a very small town, so I didn't have a whole lot of other people to really kind of compare myself to. So I felt like I always stood out and I was just different. And it skewed my perception of body dysmorphia, self-acceptance, how I viewed myself and the whole body image. And over time, it just kind of snowballs and builds up. And, and when I carried this through my life, I was looking for how do I become somebody different? How do I look like the other girls? How do I? And so this quest and what I saw in these magazines and TV and just everything that was out there during that pre-social media times, it was just Everyone looked the same. It was just beautiful, elegant, fit that models, long hair. I mean, these women were gorgeous. And then I'd look in the mirror and say, I look nothing like that. And so there was this big disconnect, this big gap of what was perceived as reality versus what I saw. And so that was what I was chasing. For those that might not know, what is body dysmorphia? Body dysmorphia is where you have a skewed perception of reality from what you are in reality versus what your perceived reality is. So if I'm looking in the mirror, I would see something completely different than what I am now. Okay. So you look in the mirror and and you... I would appear much larger. I would appear distorted. It was almost like walking into one of those funny mirror things at like a carnival or something, but not to that extreme. But it was just what I would look down at myself and then the reflection in the mirror was not the same. Okay. So even as a teenager and going into adulthood, you didn't feel good enough. You didn't feel comfortable in your own skin. You would look out at all the the beauty that was out there and say, well, that's not me. So I must not be good enough. And in this restlessness of not loving yourself, not knowing who you are, not loving yourself, you then looked at others and said, all right, they must be perfect. They must have it all together. And I need to be more like them. When did you decide to do a bikini competition? So I decided in the spring, or actually it was uh, early 2012, because the competition was in, in the spring of 2012. So why I decided to was because I had spent so many years of my, I would say late teens, early 20s, going through the extremes of eating disorders, restrictions, the pills, the supplements, the fads, the diets, the cardio, the the push, 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 push for perfection so that I could achieve what I was chasing after, you know, what society said was acceptable. And I just kept falling short, falling short. And then later, even in my 20s, I started to get into a gym trying to lift some weights, but I didn't know what I was doing. Then I just went right back to what I knew of, you know, what was running or some sort of cardio. And I just steered clear of all that weight because it was just, it was off limits. It was, uh, you know, the bulking that makes you manly, weightlifting and women that just didn't mix. And it was all these myths and taboos and all the noise that was just saturated at the time. And I just felt so defeated because I'm like, well, if I'm doing the supplements and if I'm doing the exercise and if I'm eating these salads and starving myself and doing everything that I thought, you know, because the whole less is more. If you eat less, you'll weigh less. The whole noise, it was just saturated. And so then going into later, I had dabbled with these gyms. And I had a friend 
invite me to uh, one of her gyms. And I was like, you know, how is this going to be any different? So I started lifting with her. And then I was like, you know, if she's a female and I'm surrounded by these other women in this group and they don't look big and bulky, maybe there's something, you know, that's not true about these myths. And so I just kept that up. And then I was a little change in myself physically. I was becoming stronger. And then I was asked if I wanted to do a bikini competition. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Isn't that like what you see on spring break? That's not my thing. And I went home and looked up what the bikini competition was. And it was these beautiful cover models. Like they were what I was chasing. I was like, wait a minute. And they lift weights, sign me up. And so I did. (laughs) So that was how I got into doing my first competition. And the dieting and the training were just right in my wheelhouse, all filled with extremes, which I've been an expert at that for so many years. But this time I was almost guaranteed to get results because if I had a plan and an end goal, I could just keep doing the work. I'm a perfection chaser. And at that time, I was just, okay, line them up, knock them down. And I did. And throughout the entire process of training for this competition, my body was physically changing, but my mindset never did. And so when I would look in the mirror, I would still just, oh, the, the, the conversations that played in my head, they were just so negative, so cutting. I, I could not speak words of kindness to myself because even though I was getting smaller, what never changed was how I viewed myself. I never undid the damage that had that had, you know, built up all these years. So even as lean as you can get with a bodybuilding competition, you still looked in the mirror and it was filtered through your current mindset of not good enough. Right. And and the lens that I saw myself was just no matter how hard I tried or whatever I did, it was never going to be enough. And I remember waking up that morning of of the show and I just I looked in the mirror and said, what are you thinking? This isn't enough. And then I even went through the whole motion because, you know, it's the day of the show. I put on my spray tan, did my hair, my makeup, put on my blinged out bikini and put the whole package together. And then I looked in the mirror again and I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even recognize this person. Like I became somebody completely different physically overnight. Uh, the, The reflection back at me was like, who is this girl? And so it just it just I was in such a broken state mentally. And then seeing that reflection back to me talking in the same voice that I would have said in my head. And it was just like this, wow, oh my gosh. Well, before we get into your transformation after, because this is so interesting to me, this wasn't just like a bad day. This wasn't like you stubbed your toe and now you're mad all day. Like this is a worldview and this is a self view. You know, the way we think impacts the way we view ourselves and the way we view the world. And so you are in this negative, deep-seated thinking pattern for years, which means you have the thought patterns and the kind of the grooves or the the gutters. We like to say like in bowling, you know, the ball just goes into the gutter, like your thought immediately (laughs) goes there because that's what the way your brain has been wired. So you have to go on a full blown transformation to rewire your brain, to see yourself differently, to see the world differently and to heal from this, which it's not overnight. I know the process of healing can take some time, but I want to know about this dark season. Did you think this was normal? Did you know this was dark? Did you think all your friends felt like this too? Tell me how life was for you during that time. I thought it was normal. Because that's all I knew. 
And so I didn't know that there was another way of thinking other than, than what I had perceived and what I would, I would see of myself. I just assumed others saw that in me too. So not only are you thinking negatively, right. but you're thinking they probably think that too. Right. Because what I would, I would see and what I would think, I'm like, I didn't think, I didn't even know I was even like messed up in that sense. I just thought that other people saw this. So if I pointed out a flaw, I just thought it was common. So I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. And, and then, you know, people would be like, you know, I don't see it. I'm like, how do you not see it? It's right here. And so I'm like in a defense mode all the time to try to convince people or at least convince my own mind, because that's how I saw reality. That was truth to me. So did you think that other people were also just as negative and that being negative was normal? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think. Well, I, OK, let me take that back. I don't think that I knew that there was another way. So I didn't I never looked at it that way. OK, yes, yes, because I couldn't imagine that somebody could think otherwise. I just I saw this darkness like my I was wearing these gray colored glasses. My world was never like just rosy and fun, but it was dark, but some days were okay. And so it was just how I perceived everything. So I didn't even know that there was something else out there. It's like wearing a gray or brown filtered sunglasses all day and never taking them off. Right. So you don't even know that there's I'm missing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, one other question I have is about teenagers, because I have a feeling that this kind of can be normal among teenage girls. Did your friends talk about this and strive for perfection as well? Did you know any other teenage girls that went through this? I wouldn't say I, I have or have not. I guess I didn't really talk about it because like I said, I just assumed everybody was kind of going through it, but just doing it in their own way. And so even like my my girlfriends as a teenager, we would you know how girls are. I mean, they just, they're absorbed. And so I just assume that other people are just absorbed with how they looked and, you know, that getting into your, your young adolescence time where you want to dress your best and look the prettiest and this and that. So you play with all the, the things, but again, the reflection is going to tell you otherwise. If you're already kind of in it, you really don't confide in other people at that age because you just also assume they're going through it as well. Mm. Okay. So when did you get to your rock bottom where you're like, okay, I cannot live like this anymore? That was during the week before my competition. I had an injury that I didn't even, I didn't even have time to think about. I was preparing for the, the show and it was a week out and I just said, you know, I'll just deal with that later. Cause everything, I was just focused on like one thing. I just need to hit perfection. It's going to happen. I feel like I'm going to wake up on that morning. It's going to be Christmas morning and all my dreams are going to come true. <laughs> and it, did not. So I woke up that morning still in pain. And I was like, Oh, again, I just don't have time for this. So the show needless to say, I did not do well. And it was just crushing. And I went home that day. And it was just the, my my mind was just filled with all the negative self talk again, I'm just cutting on myself. And I had sat in this darkness. And during that time, I was able to process this pain. And it became louder and louder. And throughout the after post-competition, after the competition, there it was throbbing, burning, numbing, tingling. I was like, okay, I obviously can't ignore this anymore. So I went to the doctor. I realized that I had ruptured my disc, my L5S1, which was pressed on my sciatic. So this, this pain that I was feeling was real. 
And I was so absorbed with everything that was going on that I had such a big disconnect between my body and my mind that my mind had to tell me with these raising, blaring alarms, hey, something's wrong. And so that's when I went to the doctor and found out that the the disc had been sitting on um, my sciatic and that was the burning, throbbing pain. And I still have nerve damage from that as well. So anyway, I couldn't do anything. I was physically incapacitated. My mindset was just broken. After this competition, I just completely felt like the ultimate loser. And I just went into this depression state. I was... You were forced to stop. Yeah, just basically like bedridden couldn't do anything. I, that identity of becoming this bikini competitor, having this amazing body that now I was embarrassed because I packed on all this weight because of the, the pain never that I was on, being bedridden, not doing anything. My diet went from complete like, you know, five foods to whatever I wanted because I was just trying to fill that void of pain and like loss and unhappiness any way I can. And so I just sat in this pit and I was just, I would go drinking. I would just, my food choices were awful. I didn't want to feel anymore. You gave up on everything. I did. And I think it was just the ultimate thing because I had been chasing this for so long that I thought if I trying everything at that point, I was hoping would have gotten me there. And it, everything just fell apart at that point. So I sat in that pit for a couple of years because I just didn't even know what to do. And so anyway, it trickled into some other, and just my personal, my marriage, my business. I didn't want to be seen by friends. I was embarrassed, all of that. And I just sat there and I was like, something has to change. And I started looking. I think I had this like epiphany. I was just, okay, well... Now that my back injury, I had a surgery to correct the issue. And once I was cleared to do some sort of physical activity, I went back to the gym slowly. And I was kind of still had the same mindset as to, okay, well, I need to do this with my exercise. I need to eat these five foods. But it wasn't realistic. It was still extreme thinking that I that going going into trying to rehab myself on my own. And for the first time, I had this epiphany. I said, I need help. And it was something I never, ever thought to ask for before because I had this, I'm going to do it my own. I didn't even know that people asked for help. Like it was just, it, it never even became clear. And this voice said, ask for help. And so I did. I, I asked for help. I ended up hiring a fitness coach at the time. Um, I started reading books, personal development books, watching YouTube videos, just finding myself myself saturated with like inspirational things. Because if I'm in my own head, I'm just going to sit in this like negative place all day, every day, because that's all I knew. And so when I started to see that there was a bit of something positive out there, it gave me a glimmer of hope. And I was like, wait a minute, other people think differently. Okay. And so it just was filling myself with a little bit of positivity and slowly we were trying to balance out the negative and the positive and through time watching myself transform through the through working with a fitness coach um, watching my mind transform by filling it with positive and inspirational things gratitude was a huge game changer for me because wearing those great rust color glasses I had such a lack mentality I everything I tried was never enough. And then I started changing and reframing the way I was speaking to myself, changing and reframing what I was thinking of myself and others and finding the gratitude 
in the smallest little things. And when I started practicing gratitude, it was so cheesy when I started. I, I just felt so awkward doing it. And it was just, you, you always got to start somewhere. Did your fitness coach also help you with mindset? Not directly. It was through the check-ins that I was just receiving words of encouragement. And I really needed that at the time. I was in such a pit. And, and I don't think she even knew because I, I didn't want to open up about that. It was depressing. And um, just checking in on my feedback. I remember one of my feedbacks. I was like, I'm looking in the mirror. I still see the, the same same shape, not seeing any changes. And she would say, um, you've lost this much weight. You've lost this much in inches. And I'm like, oh, oh, I guess I have. You know, it's okay. interesting. It sounds like you got out of your own head a little bit. It right. was the first time that you did correspond with somebody about your goals or about what was going on. And even if you didn't take her to the deep, dark place you were in, she was able to give you feedback. Whereas for years, you were in I your own Yes. Yeah. Well, and we know, I mean, have you guys ever been down that rabbit trail of negativity in our own head is the worst place to be because we go down this rabbit trail of things that are not true, that are not helpful. And we stay there and emotions follow. But even with the check-in, she was able to bring you back to reality a little bit, offer some words of encouragement and get you out of your own head. So how long did you work with her? At the time, I had worked with her for about three months. And I and I feel like that's an appropriate time, maybe for just myself. I would say for me, it took a good four to six weeks to kind of build up some traction because I was coming with so much baggage and, and lack of trust. I mean, I just I felt like everybody failed me because I didn't take responsibility for that because, you know. That's me, you know. <laughs> you did. You had that lack mentality about everything. So, and, and so I never, I didn't even know what self-awareness was. I didn't even understand the concept of personal responsibility. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not responsible. Everyone else failed me. That wasn't it, you know. And so it took some time to kind of get some traction going. And I would say probably about week six or eight, I was really nailing my nutrition, my workouts, I was gaining strength. I because of my my back injury, I started over. I everything I was doing was right back at body weight again. And it was discouraging at first because I wanted to feel strong and, and confident and empowered and all these things that I, I was feeling physically leading up to the show. I mean, because I was seeing I go, oh, I can lift this weight. So it was a visual confirmation. So starting back at the drawing board again and, and um so I would say week six or eight I started Watching my progression grow on my weights, my diet was in check. I started seeing a little bit of weight loss, but it wasn't so much physically what I was seeing different in the mirror. My mindset was changing because slowly we're building these layers through consistency and patterns and habits and beliefs and thinking, and they all build over time. And that I would say by the end of month three that I was working with her, I was just like, I got this. And I probably only lost like a couple pounds. Wasn't it even a big like deal. Too, that it wasn't extreme. I mean, before you what? were working out and eating healthy and all of that, but it was like to the far extreme. This was a healthy right. way to live a new lifestyle. Right. And so living in those extremes, it's not sustainable. I was trying to close that gap like overnight from where I was to where I want to be. And that's why so many things fail because it's not realistic. It's not sustainable. You cannot maintain this. This was a quick means for to like a lifelong problem that I was trying to solve. 
But building slowly over time, I'm able to sustain it. I built a lifestyle for the long term. And I started falling in love with myself because I was seeing myself from a different perspective. And all of this was like, wow, I didn't even know this was possible. And it became addicting because I just saw on the flip side. So we talk about extremes. Like I was slowly going to the other end of the spectrum. But this new way of life and this new way of thinking, this new way of believing was like, it was addicting. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, I want more. I want more. I want more. And so I just became this like addict for that. And so anyway, I I had worked with her for up to three weeks. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give this bikini thing another try. And so I, I took the stage again in 2015, working with my coach. And I came as the best package that I had ever been at that point in 2015. And it wasn't about, was I ripped, shredded, lean, extreme? No, but I had just had this new concept and take on who I was. And so that was during this whole rehabbing time of, um, you know, I sat in the pit and the rehab and the building and the healing and this journey into my fitness and self-love came through reframing my mind, doing the inner work, coming to to terms with who and what I am, sitting in that deep, dark despair. I would ask these, these like thought-provoking questions that people are just so scared to even ask or even answer honestly the who am I what's holding me back and why and I got down to the nitty-gritty and it wasn't just about like you know we we try to placate things with surface answers and no I got I got to that to the ugly root and then once I got to the root I'd go to another root into another root and I was like oh my gosh I had no idea where these thoughts and beliefs came from and so I had to go back in my belief system and relearn what I had to go through. And so I was, I mean, it was just like this broken foundation. I had nothing to build upon. So I had to start from, from scratch again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you started with the gratitude. You started with reading, you started with filling your mind with positive things, but you also said you asked yourself tough questions and you got to the root of it. For anybody out there that's in a dark pit uh, and they want to feel better and maybe they're doing the personal development, reading and listening and trying, what are some questions that you asked yourself to get to the root that someone could ask themselves today? Well, I think the, the three three that I even uh, still, I, I ask myself these things today because I'm always a work in progress and it's the who am I, what's holding me back and why. So the who am I, I think we just, again, we go for the surface. And at the time I was like, well, I'm a bikini competitor, but it's like, but I'm not, you know, like, why did I attach myself to that identity? Where, where did this belief come from? Who am I really? And so I go down these lines of like, who am I? And go all the way down. But at the end of the day, those are just titles and labels put on ourselves. It's no different than the titles and labels that are just what we see out there is, is restricted of, of good and bad, right or wrong. And it's like, I don't want to be labeled as anything. And that was just something I, I, I threw out along with all these other beliefs of like food and the myths and the fitness industry. And, um, you know, so when I got down to it, it's like, who am I? And so I answered honestly. And then I said, well, what's holding me back? Oh, okay. Here's a story that I can recall in my head. Okay. That would make sense. So let's go a bit deeper. Why did that belief come about? Where did I learn that from? What does that trigger in me? Were you working with a counselor during that time or was this all like in your journal in your bed? 
in my journal in my book. <laughs> wow, that is super profound. I mean, I think at the end of the day to ask yourself those questions, but then to actually write it down and do the right. work and dig that stuff up and allow yourself to heal because once you acknowledge it, it's now in the light and it now has less power and you're yeah. able to take it. Take the, It's kind of like making the belief a little physical and you're holding it in front of you and you're going, well, is this what I want? Do I want to believe this anymore? Does this serve me? Is this who I want to be? And you get to choose. And that gives you so much of your power back. So keep going. So the why. Take me through the why. Well, and and the why is, and and I remember talking to someone and I always just had like a general question about, I think it was like business we were talking about. And I said, you know, I'm not sure if I want to do this. And they're like, why? Oh, because, you know, and I, whatever my vague response was, and she's like, why? And she just kept asking why. And I'm like, stop, you're annoying me. And she's like, no, seriously, why, why, why? And so I was just peeling off layers. Every time she would ask a why, I chipped away at this layer and chipped away. And so ultimately why I was afraid to do this, this, whatever decision it was in this business that I was um, working through, this problem I was working through was because at the end of the day, I was afraid of failing. And if I failed, I would not be enough. And obviously, it triggered a lot of my failure of not being enough as to why even why it took a stage. I, I I didn't see any worth in me prior to taking the stage in 2012 that I actually expected these strangers of judges to tell me I was worthy. And so I was like, uh, I, I got to, you know, knowing my worth at that point, I was like, you know, you're right. If I if I failed, I'm not going to be enough. And that's something that I am afraid of. So let me go face that fear and rewire this because I do know that I'm worthy and I don't need somebody else to tell me and I don't have to worry about it. Like that's something that now is me. And I embrace those challenges of like stepping into the discomfort. I'm like if that's a fear, bring it. Right. Well, and what's so interesting is that you're right, because because for years you were thinking this one way. And so that's not gone overnight, even as you're healing and you're growing and you're retraining your brain and you're thinking new thoughts and you're seeing the world differently. Any sort of slight trigger can bring you back to that negative spot. It can evoke those same feelings of not being good enough. But the difference is, is now, you know, now, right. you know, that anytime you have this feeling of not being good enough, it's a lie. And you're able to, again, take it and say, all right, well, what do I do with this? What's really the truth? What's really going on? And what do I really want? And this time you took that fear and you met it head on because you knew your your worth was not dependent on that success or failure of that one thing. So when did you decide that you are not just going to transform your own mindset, but you wanted to help other people do the same? I guess the rehabbing of myself, it took a couple of years to really get to that comfortable place where I'm like, I'm start, I, I saw this traction. So I'm, I'm relearning everything. And so I took it to the stage and I've, I really felt great about that in the physical and the mental aspect of it. And then I really turned into like the emotional is like, okay, I need to know that I'm sound emotionally. And so when I would ask myself those, those questions, it was tapping into self-awareness, which I didn't even know existed as well prior to all this. And so now I'm, I'm able to ask those questions and recognize it to find the root. And so when I started doing all that work, I was like, you know what? There's got to be like, obviously, there's other people out there that are in that place of old me. And it sucked. Oh, my gosh, it was so horrible living there was so much pain and like suffering that, because everything was all about like, 
life was happening to me. Woe was me. I was such a victim at that time. And I'm thinking, if I had somebody like me back then to help pull me out of this pit, I want to do that for others because nobody should have to suffer as long as I did in that pit because it, it, it's lonely, it's dark, and it's ugly. It's an ugly mess down there. So that's where, for me, it, it's innate that I just want to help others. And when I see somebody struggle in, in, in that darkness, I'm like, hey, let me be that, that hand. Let me, let me walk you through this because I know exactly what you're going through. And it's, it's hard to do life alone. And so that's when I started branching into taking my fitness journey, as well as my love and passion for helping other people and turning this into the coaching business I do right now. And that's um, obviously it's near and dear to my heart. I mean, it's through my life experiences and, and, and I don't think I have any better experience than in my life. So that's why I just want to give back and help other people to know that if I had gone through it, there's hope. Mm. I am rachelbrooks.com is where all of Rachel's coaching programs are. So tell me what type of programs do you offer? Do you now coach other bikini competitors? Do you coach other people who've had body dysmorphia and eating disorders? Who are the people you're working with? I don't coach bikini competitors. I coach for lifestyle. And that's really about equipping yourself with the tools that are, are necessary to kind of ditch the diet, to fall in love with yourself and just build a lifestyle of balance and, and just have an overall health, healthy balance uh, lifestyle of mind, body and soul. Because when all components are, are working together, you have this beautiful life. And I think it, it, for, for me before, I was just such an extreme and that I was just I was lacking those two. Um, obviously, the mindset and the spiritual um, being of that. And so when, when we have life in full balance, it's beautiful. And that's just where I, I help coach my clients to even out where the imbalances are as well. And especially into the fitness industry, creating a program that's designed to build confidence. You know, you don't have to fear the weights and just, you know, do excessive hours of cardio. You don't have to eat the five foods. And so what I teach with the nutrition is that you can still enjoy things and it's through balance and moderation. So one question I have is the I mean, picture yourself, not necessarily when you're in the dark pit, but even before that, when you're living in this extreme of not feeling like you're good enough. And now you're teaching people moderation, balance and living in the middle, you know, without the the extremes. Would you ever guess that you would be helping people live a life like this? No. No, because I didn't even know there was life out there. <laughs> and it's almost like I use that analogy from like that movie Pleasantville. And it's like, I didn't know. <laughs> so everything was just this dark gloominess and there's life and color and everything's beautiful. And it's like, I know it sounds cheesy and stuff, but it really is. And and it, it's like, once you take off those glasses and you see see life for what it is, it's amazing. And and again, if you can adapt a negative way, you can also adapt a positive way. And so how you fill your bucket with like this love and like, you know, positive thinking, it trickles into the other areas of your life. So then they come to fruition. Like you start to see your marriage growing, your businesses growing, your life growing. And so it's just like, wow. So and it's just such a beautiful gift. And it's like, that's why I'm so passionate about just helping and giving back. How has your family seen you changed? Oh my gosh. Yeah, everyone has seen it. And it's just, it's great to have that. And I hate to use the word validation, but they've also validated that of what I feel inside, they're seeing it. And so it's, 
you're attracting, you know, the people around you in your life and they start adapting to the change that you're doing as well. And so they're, how did you do that? I want part of it. And so you just become this magnet for light and positive people to, to bring into your life. Hmm. That's awesome. And so for those that are in a dark pit right now, or maybe they've been there where they've had this feeling of not good enough and, you know, life is out to get me and the lack mentality, meaning that if you have something good, you took it from me, which is this competition type of an attitude with life rather than collaboration. And we all can win. What would be some steps you'd recommend for them at the beginning to start taking one step at a time out of that pit? First and foremost, ask for help because you're not meant to do life alone. You know, ask for help isn't a, a ding on your ego. Uh, it, it's it's really just, it, it takes a lot of courage. And that's the first stepping stone to build, rebuilding um, the strength and confidence in yourself. It's just asking for help and receive it. So doing that and then just open your mind to, if, if you can learn a negative way, you're able to also learn a positive way. And so when you catch yourself with this negative self-talk, or the I am not, I am not. And so we can easily reframe that and into positive ways. So instead of saying you're not this, how about you are and, and create a, a positive things. Like there's got to be something good that you're good at, right? And so we can shift that. And obviously gratitude, you know, if you can just be as grateful for the fact that you opened your eyes and took a breath each morning. I mean, that's as simple as it needs to be. What is one thing you do consistently that you couldn't live without? My faith. Every day I give thanks. And without that, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Mm. Gratitude, you guys. Surrounding yourself with people who are encouraging you, who are seeing the beauty in you, are who are lifting you up. But more importantly, creating the self-talk habits of lifting yourself up. So you know that you're worthy and you've got that self-love, that self-validation, that self-empowerment, that no matter what life brings at you, you know that you've got this. It's essentially like you're your own coach. You know, you're, you have the mindset of saying, I'm good enough. I can do this. I got this. And you can self-talk yourself into the place of success and joy. So tell us a bit about the book. You wrote a book and it's um, in the publishing phases right now. And I know it's a bit about your story. Is there anything you want to share about that? Yes, I'm excited about it. It, it, So during the whole rehabbing part, you know, I was just I was trying to find ways that I can just really help fill and heal. And one of them was through writing. And I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that I was a writer. So I I had uh, started writing my book and it has really become probably one of the most instrumental ways of healing for me. It was, it became very therapeutic. So I have this book coming out and it's uh, my memoir. It's out of the shadows and into the light, my journey to healing fitness and self-love. And it is in the, the publishing phase right now. And I don't have a set date yet for launch, but in it, I share more in depth of where I was and where I was going and a lot more of the healing journey that I, that actually got me to where I'm at now. And so I'm excited to share that. It's been a long labor of love and it's just a gift that I'm, I'm I'm able to take each day and just share that with everyone. 
Well, congratulations. I know the grit and vision that it takes to have your eyes on a goal like that, launching a book, writing a book, figuring out all the details to make it happen, and then seeing it to through fruition. So the grit and vision that you've created within your life is powerful. And I'm just proud that you've been able to not only have the dedication to transform yourself and your thought patterns, but then you didn't just stay there. You didn't just say, well, I'm glad this life is much more positive. Now. I'm glad it's done, you know, you are actually doing something with all that you've learned and you're offering it to other women who want that same transformation. So guys, check out IamRachelBrooks.com. I am Rachel Brooks on Facebook and Instagram and all the places. And she'll let us know for sure when her book comes out as well. But thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing your story and your heart with us today. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.